Hello and welcome into Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA. Thank you for watching us on the We the Patriots USA Rumble channel and Red Voice Media, and for listening on New Hampshire Family Radio, WLMW 90.7 FM, Manchester, New Hampshire, KKVB Radio in Las Vegas, and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like us on your station, email us at Taryn at WeThePatriotsUSA.org. Wow. Our story is just getting started this week. Remember, we are in for a special two-part treat this week with Dr. Brian Artis. If you haven't already listened to Wednesday's episode, part one, you need to go back and catch, uh, catch the end of his episode if you want to hear about his incredible story around how he discovered this snake venom theory in regards to COVID and uh, the origins of COVID-19. It's one that many of you probably haven't heard before. It's one that I actually did this interview. I, I remembered that I had this in the archives. I did this interview in the late fall of 2022. At the time, I hadn't, you know, you guys were just starting to dabble down this journey. I didn't know that if it would be right for my audience at the time. And uh, Dr. Christiane Northrup reminded me that I had this in the queue and that it was time. God's timing is perfect. Uh, She thought that you guys wanted to hear it. And so um, here it is. Again, we're here to make you think critically. And so this is one that allows you to, you know, do your own research, go down your own path, uh, see what you think about it and let me know what you think. We're not endorsing one thing or another. Just think critically and, and get outside of your box. But wow, we ended with a bang on Wednesday. Here is the last bit of quote we heard uh, with Dr. Brian Artis setting up how the FBI got tipped off to what he was on to. And I print this, I opened up the email and I was like, what is this? It's an FBI letter that was sent to the FBI by a guy named Dr. Tao Braun. Now, I didn't know who this guy was. I just looked at the letter. He had posted in the group. He goes, look, I contacted the FBI. All of you need to know what I know. And I'm looking at this letter and I open up the letter, the attachment in the email. And I'm like, what? This guy, it says his title, Dr. Tao Braun. He's a, he works in the U.S. National Counterterrorism Department. And his specialty is preventing mass killings using biological weapons. And he trains CIA agents and FBI agents. That's his job. And it has the the letter he sent to the FBI. It was to the director of the FBI dated July 2021. And it says FBI director, his first name's Alex. He goes, Alex. What is the FBI doing to investigate the origin sources of COVID-19? You know, the whole world right now in July of 2021 is still talking about this being a respiratory disease. It's not respiratory disease. You know, this is envenomation, meaning weaponized venom. And then he states, what's the FBI doing to investigate the Wuhan lab with weaponizing of venoms? And what are y'all doing to look at Ralph Barrick at UNC Chapel Hill in relationship to him using venoms in his research for gain of function. And I was like, somebody else knew this? Holy crap. Well, Dr. Tal Braun and I have become close since then. I called him right before I went into the Stu Peters interview at the studio in Minnesota. And I just had to talk to this guy. I was like, what did the FBI say? I said, what did the FBI say to you? He didn't know what I was about to do. He didn't know I'd come to the same conclusions. I was like, wait a minute. Did the FBI respond to that letter I just found in my emails? And he goes, 
Yes. All right. Now let's hear what the FBI's response was to that email that just blew this all open for Dr. Brian Artis. But first, let's hear from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by The Freedom People, providing comprehensive solutions for individuals and businesses to take control and protect their freedoms. Visit thefreedompeople.org to reclaim your freedoms. This episode is brought to you by The Carnivore Bar, providing a fuel source for ancestral carnivore, paleo, and keto eaters who value their on-the-go autonomy without sacrificing quality nutrition. Visit carnivorebar.com for more information. Where do we go from here? Because the battle has just begun. As eyes open, we continue to arm ourselves with the truth in all aspects of our lives, asking questions and relentlessly searching for answers, educating ourselves and forging a new path forward. Hear from real people faithfully pursuing freedom. This is Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA, a nonprofit 501c3 organization working to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. Well, Dr. Tal Braun and I have become close since then. I called him right before I went into the Stu Peters interview at the studio in Minnesota. And I just had to talk to this guy. I was like, what did the FBI Absolutely. say? I said, what did the FBI say to you? He didn't know what I was about to do. He didn't know I'd come to the same conclusions. I was like, wait a minute. Did the FBI respond to that letter I just found in my emails? And he goes, yes. I said, what'd they say? It was a three-letter response. Received, period, thank you, period. And I went like this. Uh, what did you do with that information? And he goes, um, at first I was angry because I worked directly with this guy to contract FBI agents for training with him for years. And he goes, I couldn't believe this guy just blew me off. So I went to my buddies in the counterterrorism unit and I said, Hey, I'm going to make this public all of my own, even if the FBI doesn't want to acknowledge it. And his friends and colleagues in the United States national counterterrorism department looked at him and said, Tal Braun, you know, if you do that, you need to enter the witness protection program first because the FBI is wanting you to ignore this. Wow. And he got scared because all of his friends and colleagues were telling him not to do it. And he has a one-year-old kid. So he actually just stayed at home, didn't do anything, and started developing, developing antidotes to what he knows about the impacts on the human body from various venoms. And he's well-trained in this. And uh, so him and I did a documentary together called Covenom 19. It got released a couple of months ago, and it's gone to many, many places. But you can look it up. It's free. You can watch it. CoVenomSeries.com is what it's called. It's C-O-Venom, V-E-N-O-M, series.com. And now Dr. Tal Braun and I are actually going to be going in two weeks to a city. I won't say it on this podcast yet. We're going to a city, and we're going to film a three-hour presentation on how to reverse as much as possible and denature venoms inside the human body that both were used as a weapon, calling it COVID-19, and the spike proteins on, on SARS-CoV-2 were actually venom peptides from the Chinese crate snake and the king cobra. And then we know also Dr. Tal Brown is convinced. Now, remember, this guy's job is to prevent mass killings using biological weapons. He goes to venom conventions every year and sits on advisory boards of venom conferences around the world. And wow. he states 
from the side effects being reported into VAERS from the vaccines, he can tell you exactly what venom was in the shots you got. And this will surprise your audience because I don't talk about it much, but we're about to film how to actually address these venoms so everyone knows how to handle it. He said, for example, when you see anaphylaxis being reported at high levels with the COVID-19 vaccines, that's B venom in the shots. He's like, those that be like bees. Yeah. And then he said, that's what they're reacting to is bee venom. And he said, and then I said, well, what about these people developing uh, Guillain-Barre syndrome? Half of their face paralyzed, mm-hmm. bodies paralyzed. And he goes, that's scorpion venom. <laughs> I was like, I said, what about myocarditis? He's like, oh, that's, that's a published side effect of snake venom. And I was like, well, what about uh, respiratory failure and death? And he said, that's conotoxins, which is marine snails, venom out of the oceans. And just so you know, conotoxins, these are marine snail venoms. If you go right now on the U.S. Department of Justice's website, go to Google, go even to Google and type in Department of Justice, conotoxin. Just type that, C-O-N-O, toxin. There's a published article right now on their website, on the Department of Justice's website. It's called Conotoxins, Weapons of the Sea. And then they explain that the Department of Justice has massive concerns since 2012 that marine snail venom called conotoxins will be released in the air by bioterrorists to create respiratory disease and death when people inhale it. They found in the 1970s that this marine snail, it's a little bitty snail, but it's big, Mm-hmm. That they inject fish with a venom that's so toxic to humans, it's more deadly than King Cobra venom. <laughs> and they can release it. The Department of Justice, Justice mm-hmm. says, we're so concerned about the amount of conotoxin we have created in factories around the world, biological weapons labs. They are concerned on the Department of Justice website. The whole article is about the worry that that terrorists can get their hands on it. And then over a populated area in any city around the world, they can just release it from the plane. And when people inhale it, they will develop respiratory failure and die. And that's the marine snails. Now, just so you all know, just to wrap this up for you, uh, in Italy in 2020, June of 2020, researchers in Italy took the blood, urine, and feces of COVID-19 patients from multiple cities in Italy. And they ran their blood, urine, and feces for snake venom peptides. And they published their findings. And they, they, and they compared that to a control group, people that did not test positive for COVID. The people that did not test positive for COVID, so they were negative for COVID, none of them from multiple cities had in their blood, urine, and feces any snake venom or animal venoms of any kind. But the COVID-19 patients, every single one of them, had a combination of 36 different animal venoms, 20 snake venoms, 16 shellfish venoms, from the ocean, 15 of them were conotoxins in the blood, urine, and feces. Now, ask yourself, how did snail venom in the ocean end up in the blood, urine, and feces of COVID-19 patients? And then there was a 16th shellfish venom that they found. It's called the crown of thorn starfish venom. How ironic is that, crown of thorns? There's yeah. a starfish called the crown of thorns that has a venom deadly to humans, and they found that in the poop 
and in the blood of COVID-19 positive patients. Now, for the rest of the world, I've had to spend the last like six months or eight months, which when watch the water drop, educating the whole world on what I learned in a five-month period with my hyperactive brain, analyzing research studies and publications since the beginning of COVID, only to realize that every drug, every nutrient that you're being told, that doctors are being told they cannot use for COVID-19 patients, hydroxychloroquine first, chloroquine, ivermectin, uh, zinc and vitamin D were punished, vitamin C, uh, all of these, ivermectin, I had to go back and look and see, is there a reason why the governments and federal health agencies are punishing doctors for using these? And as I looked, all I wanted to know was, you can go home right now and do your own research like Dr. Artis did. I actually went online and I said, hydroxychloroquine inhibiting snake venom. Oh my God, since 1975, our government has been testing hydroxychloroquine against snake venom in humans and found that it inhibits 50% of all venoms injected into the human body by a snake. Isn't that amazing? They've already known that. Do you know ivermectin is also inhibitory to all snake venoms? Phenomenal. What And it works against COVID. Did you know monoclonal antibodies, which is 100% successful against all COVID cases? Did you know monoclonal antibodies is actually anti-venom therapy for snake bites? Did the world know that? Well, medical doctors knew it, but the whole world didn't know it until I told you. But uh, monoclonal antibodies, 90% of all anti-venom therapy in ER centers, hospitals around the world for snake bites are monoclonal antibodies. Why was it so successful against COVID? Because COVID was nothing but weaponized venom called spike proteins. They actually should have just called it what it really was. It was actually snake proteins. Venom is a makeup of toxic proteins. Short little snippets of those proteins are called peptides. Snake venom peptides were the two weaponized spike proteins. They called them with SARS-CoV-2. But in reality, it never had to be tied to a virus. It could have just been dropped in the air, put in your water, you drank it or ingested it or injected inside you with a vaccine. However you want to get into the body. They have technology to get snake venom past your gastric juices if you swallow it. They know how to get it into your lungs if you're going to breathe it. And then obviously they know how to vaccinate you with it and inject it into your body. And so... I have been uh, on a mission of excitement and thrill helping to expose all of this uh, weaponized venom stuff. But it is a it's been a phenomenal ride, actually. And to hear people tell me that when I was pronouncing all of the anecdotes that we know to the weaponized venom, which number one reported out of France in April of 2020 was nicotine protects against the venom peptides of the Chinese crate snake and king cobra. When I read that study, I was so excited because they actually said in April of 2020, they said, please, all governments around the world, nicotine is protecting people from developing COVID, being hospitalized for COVID and dying. Smokers were the least hospitalized worldwide during this entire pandemic. They were less than 2% worldwide of all hospitalized patients. At the time, they said it was less than 5% worldwide. And they were shocked by this observation because they said, if this is a respiratory virus that's so deadly, wouldn't the people who are damaging their lungs with toxins and smoking, wouldn't they be the ones most traumatized by this virus? But that's not what we found. In fact, they said then there must be some protective measure of nicotine at the binding sites in the brain for venoms. And nicotine in smokers is binding to those receptors 
and the venom can't attach. So they begged the world to do nicotine patch and nicotine gum studies to prevent and save the lives of people around the world. But guess what every government said the very next week after they published that study, the last week of April of 2020. The first week of May of 2020, Anthony Fauci, Walensky, every single media outlet in the world started publishing false narratives. Mm -hmm. They lied to everybody. And they said, smokers are hospitalized for COVID more than anybody else dying from COVID. And no better time than now, America, to stop smoking. Well, they did this in every industrialized country, but that was a flat out lie. It was protecting people and it still has been. But uh, I cannot tell you how many people around the world, Taryn, have called me, emailed me, texted me, even medical doctors dealing with long hauler COVID symptoms. Let's just name a few. Ringing in the ears, brain fog since I had COVID two years ago. I can't mm -hmm. taste anything or smell anything. Still, mm -hmm. as soon as they started chewing nicotine after my documentary, within 30 minutes, 45 minutes, I'm not joking, taste and smell restored, tinnitus disappears, brain fog disappears, their oxygen levels on their oximeters go up, pulse ox, it's phenomenal. And they had low concentrations of oxygen for up to six months for some of these medical doctors. Within minutes, their body would let go of the venom and bind to nicotine. That's what it prefers. And then when the venom leaves the synapses or nerve, sensory nerves, nerves that control hearing and thought, as soon as the body is recognizing nicotine is present, it lets go of venom, binds to nicotine, and then you restore your sense of taste and smell and hearing and tinnitus. There's a second herb that has been phenomenal. I came across this research from the 70s and 80s. They actually studied king cobra venom after being bit by a king cobra. They found that there's a plant called the velvet bean plant. Okay. The scientific name is macuna purines. If you get the liquid extract of macuna purines, you can buy it online. That herb by itself inhibits cobra toxin from killing someone. And they've wow. known it since the 70s and 80s. So a lot of people around the world combine nicotine. They do two milligram tablets morning and evening, chewing gum or a patch one daily. And within a few days, all of their symptoms remit themselves that they've been dealing with with COVID. That's because these venom peptides bind to nicotine receptors that control breathing in your brainstem, not in your lungs, in your brainstem. In fact, Taryn, this is pretty crazy. Might as well just educate your audiences. <laughs> Everyone has been told that's paying attention in any way medically. They're all told that the spike proteins on outside of the virus called SARS-CoV-2 that makes it so deadly. They say that on the outside of your cells is a receptor, all the cells in your body, that there are these receptors called ACE2 receptors in the mm -hmm. spike protein inserts into the spike or into the ACE2 receptor and the ACE2 receptors like the lock it allows things into the cell. This is the analogy you always hear. Spike mm -hmm. protein is the key. It inserts itself into the ACE2 receptor, unlocks the ACE2 receptor, and then can move into the cell to infect the cells. Now, what organ system, Taryn, were we told people were getting this virus inside of and it was creating massive problems? What kind of disease was this called? A respiratory disease, remember? Mm -hmm. well, oh. and well, their lungs and then myocarditis later. Right. That's mm -hmm. right. So this was considered a respiratory disease and it led mm -hmm. to pneumonia in the lungs. You know what's interesting about that? The spike protein on the virus supposedly floating in the air that we're breathing in, 
that mm-hmm. should be traumatizing smokers <laughs> with <their laughs> torn up lungs. Yeah. What's interesting is the French scientist said, what's interesting about this disease, they say that it attacks the lungs, but there are no ACE2 receptors found in the lungs. Wow. But they tell you which organs do have ACE2 receptors. Your brain, your heart, you mentioned myocarditis, the brain, the heart, your testes, ovaries, kidneys, and intestines. Those are it. So if it's only in those organs, why did we call this a respiratory disease? The truth is it actually was crossing the blood-brain barrier. It wasn't the lungs. Even if you breathed it in, it wasn't the lungs it was affecting. It was getting into the blood if you were breathing it in. I believe we were ingesting it through water. They can actually do it in the air. Like I just mentioned on the Department of Justice website, they know you can aerosolize venoms. Dr. Tal Braun, by the way, Taryn, told me a couple months ago that uh, he found a patent online for aerosolizing a can of King Cobra venom so you can just spray it in the air. I mean, what would be the purpose of that? I was was just going to say that. Why would someone need to do that? Yeah, and then uh, for all of you out there going, there's no way this is venoms. They could spray that in the air. Go online right now and type in. (laughs) This is not a joke. In England, for several years now, crop dusters in England are flying over farms and dropping a white cloud of an insecticide all over the farms in in the UK. Guess what it's made of? Venom. Scorpion venom. Wow. And when the scorpion venom is sprayed from planes and lands on the fields, the insects go up there and start eating the leaves of the plants, but it's got scorpion venom on it. And when they eat it, they die. Scorpions hunt insects. So they figured out how to manufacture mass amounts of snake venom. And then they put it in a lyophilized powder form, a white powder form, and they just spray it from the air. And they're already using it as an insecticide. If you breathe that stuff in, you breathe in scorpion venom, you will go into respiratory failure. You will become hypoxic. It will paralyze your diaphragm. It will paralyze your heart by attacking the central nervous system, just like the weaponized venom that they called spike protein. So uh, anyway, it's been a very, very incredibly exciting, I guess, exciting. It was exciting to understand that this was the mechanism, because if we let you know what the weapon is, you know what to treat it with. So it's super exciting to be able to bring that to light. How this all started, if the world would like to know why I even looked at this. Yeah. December 1st, 2019, a medical doctor who works in an emergency room in Odessa, Texas. His name is Dr. Richard Ball. He sent me a text on December 1st, 2021 that said, Hey, Dr. Artis, if you got bit by a snake, would you go to a hospital and get anti-venom? And I was like, yeah, of course. Uh-huh. Why are you asking me that? Yeah. It was like the most random text <laughs> ever. What I did not know, which I already mentioned on this show, I did not know what he knew. He knew as an ER doc that if someone comes in in Odessa, Texas with a rattlesnake bite, what's mm-hmm. their therapy? They use anti-venom. Well, he knew this and he knew I didn't know this. He knew that anti-venom was monoclonal antibodies used to I treat snake that. bite symptoms. He sent me that text because I... I was in interviews all over the place on Infowars and all over the place. But I was there was particularly the last week of November, I was asked to go on Infowars with Kate Daly. She was substitute hosting for Alex Jones. And she goes, can we talk about monoclonal antibodies? And I said, sure. I've got these six studies I'd love to talk about. 
Well, the six studies discussed that monoclonal antibodies were extracted from the cancer cells of pigs. So all I said on the show was, is I've got six studies here that show me monoclonal antibodies are derived from the cancer cells of pigs. I said, why would we use it? Even if it works towards COVID, what's going to be the long-term ramifications? That's all I said. I said, we've got ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, zinc, vitamin D, and C. Why do we need anything else? And NAC. So that's all I said. I would just prefer those other things. Well, that interview got sent to Richard Bartlett. Well, Richard Bartlett had for four months a monoclonal antibody infusion center he had built in Odessa, Texas, out in the parking lot of his hospital. And he had treated 4,000 patients in four months with 100% success. So when people were telling Dr. Bartlett, interview he's bad mouthing monoclonal antibodies he knew that i didn't know something that he knew about monoclonal antibodies he mm -hmm. knew taryn he knew that i dr artis if i got bit by a rattlesnake i would go to a hospital for anti-venom therapy mm -hmm. he knew that i knew and did not know that anti-venom was actually monoclonal antibodies so this was his kind way without like bashing me, he just sent me a text and said, hey, if you ever got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get antivenom doc? And I was like, of course, why are you even saying that? That's weird. So I went online and I went, I didn't even text him back. I just went online and went like this, what is antivenom? He's an ER doc, he knows, I don't. I'm a retired chiropractor. Mm -hmm. So I actually typed it in. Imagine my shock to find out that 90% of the world's antivenom is monoclonal antibodies. I had no idea. And then I recognized this one simple truth. I, myself, if I found myself in a life-threatening situation like getting bit by a rattlesnake, I would put my faith in monoclonal antibodies. And mm -hmm. that's all he wanted me to acknowledge mm -hmm. is that I was in a life-threatening situation. Like his patients running to that hospital for his care with COVID, they're all afraid they're going to die. So if I was afraid I was going to die when I got bit by a snake, I would turn and have faith to monoclonal antibodies. That's all he wanted me to know. Mm-hmm. What he didn't know was the next thought. Once I recognized that, my very next thought, Taryn, was this. That's so weird. If monoclonal antibodies are anti-venom for snake bites, why are monoclonal antibodies 100% effective against a bat? Exactly. Like, I, it just didn't make any sense. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. So I went like this. All I did was go online. I went like this. Well, what is the origins of COVID? And imagine my shock to see that in January of 2020, CNN, Healthline Magazine Online, Medscape.com, they're all reporting, CBS, ABC, they're all reporting that the COVID-19 new novel coronavirus is linked to snakes as its origin. I had no idea. I thought it was bats this whole yeah. time. I could not believe it. So that's how the uh, interview with the Watch the Water documentary starts. The whole reason why I went to look was simply because Dr. Richard Bartlett wanted me to put faith in monoclonal antibodies. I just didn't know something about monoclonal antibodies. And I did not recognize that it actually was an anti-venom therapy. The reason why it worked so well against COVID. Chinese researchers in January of 2020, when they took the Wuhan people that were sick with COVID pneumonia, mm -hmm. they ran their antibodies in blood and found that the antibodies were actually targeting snake venom. So they said this must be originating from snakes. And they said the actual genetics of the antibodies, the genetic makeup, it's targeting specifically Chinese crepe venom and Chinese king cobra venom. 
And then when they ran the gene sequences, they did not say that bats were the origin. They said the banded crate snake was the original source. King Cobra was the second most likely source. And then bats were the third most likely source. And then in... Spike proteins on SARS-CoV-2 and their gene sequences that they put in a database, a gene database, came back with... Chinese crate snake venom peptides and king cobra venom peptides and three segments of rabies viruses were the spike protein. And then Italy, two months later, ran their own test. They wanted to know, well, these two other countries found that these are weaponized venoms. Mm -hmm. I wonder if venom is showing up in COVID-19 blood, urine or feces. And that's why they ran their test. It is a peer reviewed, approved, published study. They found 36 different venoms in the COVID-19 patients not in any that did not have COVID-19. So I would ask your audiences, tell me how 36 different venoms, 16 of which came from the ocean, ended up in the blood, urine, and feces of people on land mm-hmm. in multiple cities in Italy. Yeah. And come Thir- up with better. 36 different, I know. Yeah. How does just oh, randomly... 30 that's incredible oh and did you know taryn let's just answer this one of the biggest things that was a shock to me i had no idea one of the signs and symptoms of covid early on that everybody was talking about this is so abnormal this is not normal this makes this unique and novel was the loss of taste and smell in so many Mm -hmm. people like initially everybody was like oh my god this isn't normal uh guess what it is normal side effect of on the nih's website i went on their website to to look up the study that they have on their site, it's called long, uh, what is it? Uh, long-term side effects of snake envenomation. And it actually has listed in that article on the research page of NIH. Mm-hmm. I showed this document, but they actually have on there that one of the odd side effects of venom from snakes after you treat a snake bite in a human is months and months, often years of loss of taste and smell, even if you treat the snake bite. And I'm like, oh my God, they even knew <laughs> the side effect of venom. Oh my God. Then I started wondering, I wonder if they're putting this like a dry powdered form of the venom on the Q-tips. They're shoving up everybody's nose. Sure. And mouth. I mean, how was I not going to think that? However, no one on the planet has heard me talk about that. And Taryn, I spent a whole month looking into the manufacturer's the DOD, the Department of Defense's mm-hmm. contract, making the Q-tips for all the PCR tests under Donald Trump's rules and decisions. There was a company called Puritan that made them all, and I could not find in my own research any evidence that uh, lyophilized or freeze-dried powdered venom, which is what they're using all over the world to, to make people sick with COVID. I actually thought it was on the Q-tip, but I couldn't find anything. So after a gave that up and just went into the vaccines and figured out that the people who made these mRNA COVID-19 shots, people do not ignore the fact that there could be venom in there. The two people that made these shots who are getting royalties every day on every shot being given to you. Mm-hmm. These are two scientists at the university of Pennsylvania. They're named Drew Weisman, Catalina Carrico. Look them up, type in their names in Google, Drew Weisman and Catalina Carrico, and then add these words and snake venom research. Wow. They are the two co-creditors of mRNA COVID-19 technology for the vaccines. And since 2009, they have been funded by Anthony Fauci's department, by the NIH, to do one thing and one thing only, 
mRNA gene editing therapy. And in every research study, every single one since 2009, they use one thing to cleave or cut RNA and DNA to insert their mRNA of choice. And guess what that component is? That's written out in their research study. We use this thing to cleave and cut your RNA and DNA. Snake venom. Snake venom phosphodiesterase. Okay, thank you for saying that because that was going to be my question. How? What was the connection between the venom and, and the mRNA technology? But that makes sense because you need an adjuvant or something that, that gets it into your system. Yep, you need an adjuvant that will cleave mm -hmm. or cut or allow the poison or toxin to get into the body. Now, wow. I've never said this before on an interview, but I'll say it here. You ready? Yes. 2014 and 15, they started doing research studies to determine how they could stabilize snake venom mRNA and get it into the tissues of all organs in a mammal. And they figured out that if they isolated mRNA from snake venom and then wrapped it in nanoparticle hydrogel and then suspended inside the hydrogel, these little magnetic balls of metal called dynabeads, they figured out that they could get the mRNA of the snake venom to disperse with these magnets throughout all of your tissues. Uh, Dynabeads is a technology created by Thermo Fisher Scientific. Remember when people were getting the mRNA shots and they could put metal on their body mm -hmm. and were all magnetized? It's because of the Dynabeads. Dynabeads is a super paramagnet, little bitty nanoparticle technology that they're putting in the nanoparticle hydrogel. I am concerned that the mRNA and snake venom, which scientists around the world all agree, is the most stable mRNA in nature. In fact, it can live in a jar sitting in, a, in its own venom for up to 38 years. You know what else is amazing? Let me just tell you something. You know what else is I'm worried that the mRNA is from snake venom, personally. They, uh -huh. Dr. Tal Braun thinks there's scorpion venom, bee venom, spider venom. He would be concerned that there's mRNA of those venoms inside nanoparticle hydrogel uh, suspended in those dynabeads. There, there, there's venom in these shots, there's no doubt. Probably not in all of them, but it's not worth playing Russian roulette with the various lots that they've manufactured, so don't even do it. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. But uh, all of us have massive concerns about that, but that's what they're doing, unfortunately. So he's concerned that it could be in people for, like you said, 30 plus years. No, ven the venom, for sure, if you get bit by a viper, mm -hmm. for example, and you get treated yeah. with monoclonal antibodies or anti-venom therapy, you still will have venom circulating in your body for up to 10 years later. Wow. There are ways to get it out. And that's what we're going to film this documentary uh, with in, the, in about two weeks, actually. So here's some examples. That substance, snake venom phosphodiesterase, snake venom phosphodiesterase, mm -hmm. that is used by these people who created the mRNA COVID-19 shots, and it's in their studies. I showed everybody in the Mike Adams interviews. You get to watch them all and look at all the research studies. I actually pulled up with Mike Adams. You can watch it on my homepage, <laughs> this whole interview. I said, hey, Mike Adams, have you ever thought about doing your own mRNA gene editing therapy at home? <laughs> and he goes, no. I said, well, you can. You can go onto a website of a company called InnovativeResearch.com. And on their research page or on their page, they sell a product just in case you want to do mRNA gene editing therapy home, they actually sell a bottle of snake venom phosphodiesterase for $133. And it says, the paragraph right under the buy now button, it says to the buyer, the manufacturer is making a disclaimer to the buyer. It says, mm -hmm. snake venom phosphodiesterase 
cannot be mixed with any of these four things or it will denature the venom and it will not have its mechanism of action capacity as if you don't mix it with these four things. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing research with snake venom phosphodiesterase, don't mix it with these four things. If you do, it destroys the snake venom. What are they? What they are. I show it on the screen and I highlight it. Mike Adams was like, you've got to be kidding. And I said, nope, they actually told us the solution. So snake venom phosphodiesterase, per Innovative Research's website, buy snake venom phosphodiesterase. It says these four things, don't mix it. You can't mix it with glutathione. You can't mix it with N-acetylcysteine. You can't mix it with vitamin C. And you can't mix it with EDTA. If you do, it can 100% destroy the venom. Well, guess what all of you in the world should be supplementing every day? I mean, it yeah. finally made sense why the FDA in May of 2020 attacked all supplement makers of mm -hmm. AC and said they were going to change its registration from a supplement to a pharmaceutical drug requiring a prescription. Then it finally made sense. They knew COVID-19 and the weaponized venom was going to cause blood clots in COVID-19 patients. And they knew the shots were going to cause with snake venom phosphodiesterase, they were going to cause massive amounts of blood clotting that NAC prevents and dissolves. So just, you know, I've already shown this in multiple presentations, but mm -hmm. uh, these are just some of the things that God put on this earth that can even protect you from the serpent's venom. Mm -hmm. Remember, God said uh, to Satan in the garden, right? He said, you may have the power to bruise her heel, but he will have power to crush thy head, right? Mm -hmm. Enmity between uh, Satan and the serpent and the mm -hmm. sea. So my goal is to try to protect the DNA of, of all of you listening that God put into you as your genetic makeup. Uh, I think uh, this is a massive attempt of evil human beings to destroy God's DNA that he put inside of you. Don't let it destroy your creation. Leave it alone. That, yeah. I mean, you totally hit the serpent on the head in that scenario because that's all I was thinking about. Um, when you were talking about this was just the irony of the serpent and how, how the snake venom is basically being used in evil ways and satanic ways um, to destroy can God's I, creation. There's yeah, can no I do one doubt. Thing At this point, can I share a screen? Yes, you can share a screen. I can allow you to share the screen. You might as well just wrap it up with this whole just one slide. So All right, I, I love just, it. I just laid out a narrative for you. If your audience hasn't <laughs> seen this, they should see it. <laughs> you let me know when it's ready. Things ready? Yes. If when you say to share screen, I'll be able to prompt it up there. All right, I'm gonna share it. You ready? Yes. This actually summarizes, I think, the entire nefarious agenda of COVID-19 and the vaccine agenda. We do agree that the vaccine agenda was the entire agenda, right? Make mm -hmm. people sick and sign up for our vaccine agenda. Absolutely. Well, check this out. Have you seen this? Your audience should look at it. That is creepy. If mainstream media is controlled, look at this cover page of Time Magazine. It's titled- For people that, because this is also an audio podcast. So for people that are listening to this on, you know, Apple Podcasts or Spotify and aren't watching us on Rumble, this Time Magazine cover has a snake that turns into a strand 
of DNA. It's actually our DNA. And one of the two double strands of our DNA is turning into a serpent, into a snake. Mm -hmm. And the title of it is The Future of Medicine. And then look at the subtitle bottom right. Read that out loud to your audiences. Okay, I'm going to have to get really close to be able to read it on my screen. My eyes are bad here. Okay, how genetic engineering will change us in the next century. Okay, now, if you had a hard time reading that, that's the subtitle. How genetic engineering will change us in the next century. So let's look at the date. When was this published? Top left of the image. Oh, goodness. January, I... It's January 11th, 1999. 1999? Yep. And so they say here that the future of medicine is genetically engineering us or changing us in the next century. And what's the visual? The visual is we're going to change the human DNA and make half of it a serpent or reptilian. So this is actually what they drew out, what they published and what they printed in 1999. And so when I share with the world, this is what they're up to. They actually told you this is what they're up to. I just didn't know that's what they were doing in 1999. That was 23 years ago. So let me share one more thing because I think people should see it. Do you mind? Sure. Absolutely. All right, let's just let's review a couple of these. So this is Healthline Magazine. This is the first article I saw when I typed in, what's the origin of COVID after Dr. Bartlett's message to me? This is Healthline Magazine dated January 27, 2020. You can see the date to the far right. It says, where did the new coronavirus come from? Potentially a bat, a snake, or a pangolin? And I was like... <laughs> When I saw this, I was like, I didn't even know snake was a suggestion. I had no idea. No. So then so then I looked at all the other stuff, and I was like, well, did anybody actually say it was from a snake? I had no idea. Look at this. This is CNN. CNN reports January 24th, 2020. Snakes mm -hmm. can be the source of the Wuhan coronavirus outbreak. And in the article, it actually highlights it on the screen. CNN reports, snakes, the Chinese crate, and the Chinese cobra may be the original source of the newly discovered coronavirus that has triggered an outbreak of a deadly infectious respiratory illness in China this winter. Amazing. And then look what SciTech Daily called it. Snake pneumonia. Dated January 22nd, 2020. Isn't that amazing? Coronavirus outbreak in China traced to snakes by genetic analysis. Isn't that amazing? How many of you knew that? You did it. Okay. Yep. I want to show you this real quick. This is the study from Italy that I referenced earlier. No one saw this in the Stu Peters interview or in the Mike Adams interview. I was holding it in my hand. <laughs> this is the study from June of 2020. It's titled Toxin-Like Peptides in Plasma, Urine, and Fecal Samples of COVID-19 Patients. I want to read to you the results. Toxin-like peptides, almost identical to toxic components of venoms from animals like conotoxins, these marine snail venoms, phospholipases, which is in snake venom, phosphodiesterases, which I just talked about, snake venom, phosphodiesterase, phosphodiesterase is snake venom, zinc metalloproteinases. Imagine my shock to learn during this period that what snake venom depletes out of the human body is zinc. Mm -hmm. And what did we hear with COVID-19? Supplements, zinc. it'll save mm -hmm. your life. This is why it says these elements of snake venom were identified in samples from COVID 19 patients, but not in control samples. Isn't that interesting? Well, let me show you what venoms they found. It's in the study. This is a screenshot of three of the four pages of charts 
Of the three things you see on the screen, there are three columns. The, the last column in each column actually names the source of the venom they found in the urine, I'm oh, sorry, in the blood and in the poop of all COVID-19 patients in Italy. Look at the first one on the left, Malayan crate snake venom, <laughs> banded crate venom, coral snake venom, Chinese cobra venom, Malayan spitting cobra venom, Taipan venom. You find brown snake venom, brown snake venom, brown snake venom. Next next column or, ne or the middle one, eastern brown snake. Then they found water snake venom. Then they found saw scaled viper venom. Then they found Chinese water moccasin venom. The last one in the middle, king cobra venom. Then look to the right. You'll see pit viper venom. Habu, which is some viper. I don't even know where it's from, but that's more viper venom from snakes. And then you see in, in pink what I referenced earlier in the show. They found venom from the crown of thorn starfish. And then the next 15, I did not include the fourth page. It's a small section, but the first nine or so you can see here were California conos toxins or conos snail toxins. This is where you see all the conotoxins listed. So I just want you to know, I didn't make this up. It was confirmed by Italy researchers, France researchers, and uh, uh, Chinese researchers that the actual venom is what was causing COVID-19 symptoms, weaponized venom. I want to show this real quick. This is the French study I was referencing in this uh, actual podcast, where I said in France, they isolated the spike proteins and how they actually are from uh, Chinese crepe venom, cobra venom, and rabies virus. This is the study. You can see it here on the screen. This is in April of 2020, but this is what they published. The, the graph you see at the top of this screen, this graph, the bottom one says SARS-CoV-2-S, that's spike protein. That's its genetic sequencing. Right above the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein is a word called bungarotoxin. Bungarotoxin mm -hmm. is Chinese crate venom. That's what they call it, bungarotoxin. You see at the top, cobra toxin. They found that it matches king cobra venom. And then you'll see the three sequences of the, of the rabies virus there. So this is that study I was referencing earlier. Isn't that interesting? That is, <laughs> it's, it's very interesting. And as you point out, you know, this is, they're finding the, these in, it just doesn't make any sense to, to be finding this in, in people yeah. in Italy. It makes no We're, sense. So let's tell you how this all started. Okay. I said the Chinese researchers figured out that the origin source was snakes, not bats. Mm -hmm. This is that study that got CNN to write articles, ABC, CBS, you name it, all of them. All right. It's titled Cross-Species Transmission of the Newly Identified Coronavirus. This is January of 2020, first month of the pandemic. This is inside the research study. The left is the animal most identified to be the origin. That is the bungarus. You'll see that name. That's bungarotoxin for the mini-banded crate snake. The next snake that's the most likely source for COVID was king cobra. Its scientific name is Naja Atra. Then you'll see bats are the third most likely source, then chickens, then it looks like a polar bear, and then humans. This is in order, left to right, the most probable source of, mm -hmm. of, of COVID. Now, this is the summary page. I know I've already probably passed time on this podcast, but you better look at this. This is what the Chinese researcher said in January of 2020. So any medical doctors out there, scientists out there going, Dr. Artis' snake venom stuff isn't accurate, which is only about 2% of the world's medical professionals. The rest of them all agree. Finally, but this is what they concluded in January of 2020. 
In summary, the results derived from our evolutionary analysis suggest that the 2019 novel coronavirus has most similar genetic information with bat coronaviruses and has most similar codon usage bias with snake. Now, we're going to sit with this last phrase because I didn't know what that meant when I first read it. Because I was like, that's kind of confusing. It has most similar genetic information with bat coronaviruses and mm. most similar codon usage bias with snake. So I had to learn what codon usage bias meant. And I wanted to remind myself of what a codon was because I didn't know. I'm not a geneticist. So here I go. I went on the website and I wanted to know what's the definition of a codon. And I decided to trust the NIH. <laughs> here on the website, they define what a codon is. A codon is a trinucleotide sequence of DNA or RNA that corresponds to a specific amino acid. So trinucleotide means three nucleic acids. And you'll see at the bottom on any genetic material, for this one, they're illustrating mRNA. And you'll see a codon, codon 1, 2, and 3, are represented by three nucleic acids. In this case, the first one is AUG. Got it? Mm -hmm. So it's just a sequence of three amino acids on a genetic chain of information. All right, that's a codon. But what was the term they used? The phrase was, has most similar codon usage bias with snake. So now I know what a codon is, but I don't know what a codon usage bias is. Yeah. Well, so I look up, what does that mean? Well, on the NIH's website, they have a definition for codon usage bias. I didn't make this up. Just read the blue highlighted part of the definition. Codon usage bias reflects the origin, mutation patterns, and evolution of the species or genes. Well, just read up to the first comma. Codon usage bias reflects the origin. Okay, well, let's go back to the article. What did they say? SARS-CoV-2. Mm -hmm novel coronavirus has most similar origin, origin with snake. Isn't that amazing? Not bats. Its origin is snakes. I just wanted y'all to see that. I didn't make it up. I just wanted y'all to know they were all lying to you. and They've been lying to you ever since. So I am trying to make sure you are aware of what is truth. So I shared with you some truth. How about that? I love that. That's what we're all about here on Faithful Freedom is, is trying to share the truth with people. You armed us at the beginning with knowledge on how to naturally treat your body. And then you armed us with the knowledge of, of what could possibly be to come, because that's another thing that we've been talking about on season two is, is where do we go from here? Well, it might be more accurate question to be asking, where do they go from here? And so you're arming us with this information. So from what I'm gathering, we need to have a, like everyone's been, doing now have hydroxychloroquine zinc magnesium all of that on hand and apparently nicotine too nicotine too absolutely so one of the things you should do in the future if you ever do another event you should have me come on and let's do like the top 10 medical lies you've all been told oh because, i would love that because this isn't new to me i mean mm -hmm. i've been told my whole life that i need to vaccinate my kids my parents mm -hmm. even like shamed me about not vaccinating my kids 21 years ago I have five kids. I haven't vaccinated any of them. So this isn't new for me. All I had to do is go read PubMed.gov, CDC's research 20 years ago. And I knew I was never going to give my kids these shots, but it wasn't the information I was being told in the media my whole life about the benefits of vaccines. The benefits of vaccines, if you look at research, have never outweighed the risks. So mm -hmm. if you just go look, you'll realize this is, this is a bad idea. This is not new for me. So anyway, there's a lot of lies. So for example, let me give you a hint of a couple. Yeah, I love it. People have been told that cholesterol causes heart attacks, strokes, and increased mm -hmm. blood pressure. 
Nope. Nope. Cholesterol is good for you. We'll destroy that entire narrative and show you <laughs> exactly what the truth is. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is one of my favorites to talk about. I ask audiences all the time, raise your hand if you ever had a medical doctor tell you or heard an advertisement that you should reduce the amount of salt you put in your body mm -hmm. yep. because salt is bad for you. No. And that increased salt intake increases blood pressure, strokes, and heart attacks. Well, that's a flat-out lie, too, and I'll show you all of it. It's pretty disgusting. But uh, they have actually scared the entire world in believing that salt's bad for you. It has created an entire American society, primarily of individuals with high blood pressure now, risk for strokes and heart attacks. And when you reduce salt intake, it increases your blood pressure and increases your risk for stro strokes and heart attacks. And they sell you the idea you need to keep reducing your salt intake so you can buy our high blood pressure drugs. Nope, that was never true. The higher your salt intake, it's already been proven by studies around the world. Around the world, in 49 different countries, the more salt you ingest, the lower your risk for heart attack, strokes, and high blood pressure becomes. But that is not what you were told by your American Heart Association. So I love destroying these narratives so you can see the truth. In fact, did you know, Taryn, what? that if you have a heart attack or a stroke, or are suffering from high blood pressure at really stroke levels, and you go to a hospital, do you know what the very first thing they're going to give you before the doctor even comes in the room? Does it have salt in it? They're going to inject you with salt water called saline. <laughs> it's a huge bag of salt water. They're going to uh -huh. pump this out of you. Do you know that bag of salt? Yeah, called, saline. They call it fluids, an IV bag. That's sodium chloride. Sodium is salt. In that bag is 9,000 milligrams of salt. Do you know what the FDA says should be the maximum anyone ingests any day? No, 20, I don't. It's 2,300 milligrams. Milligrams, yeah. They're pumping 9,000 milligrams a bag every day that you're in there. <laughs> but that's bad for you. But Yeah. Mm -hmm. All yeah. bad for you, but it's going to be the first thing we inject in every human being on the planet. Just think about it right now. The one thing the medical profession tells you, salt is bad for all of you. Every room in every hospital around the world right now, every patient, no matter what the reason is they're in there, they're all hooked up to one thing and one thing only, all of them, salt water. Daily. Yeah. The uh, one I, thing we have, tell you is bad for you. We have to, we absolutely have to have you back on to do, to do that because I could, that's fun for me. I know that's weird to hear, but I could absolutely yeah. talk to you about that all day long and I have so many things going off in my head right now that um, I could take us down different roads with talking about that. And, um, you know, hey, there's there's a reason why we're people buy bath salts, why people would go medicinally throughout history to baths. What do you think we're in those baths? Salts and things like that. The dead, you know, the the Dead Sea, you buy salt from there. People go there for medicinal. Per okay, we could talk about it forever. So that's right. We're going to have you on uh, 100% um, coming up here in the future. But in the meantime, before we have you back on, where can people catch your show and your products? Direct them to your website. You can find me on Taryn Gregson's show ever so often. <laughs> Just go to her, her, her podcast. You'll see it. Uh, any, any censored platform anywhere, like I mentioned yep. earlier, you can find me there. But all of my material, most of my material, you'll find uh, my interviews that I personally conduct on my show at thedoctorartistshow.com. The resources tab, if you click the resources tab, this has many, many documents to help people in hospitals. It's got medical power of attorney forms, vaccine exemption forms, advanced medical directives that everybody should have on, on hand at home, 
to tell hospitals what you consent to and don't consent to before you ever have to go. Uh, because of course they're being incentivized to do horrible things to you without your consent. So the, the drartistshow.com, it's T-H-E-D-R-A-R-D-I-S-Show.com. You can find tons of information there. A lot of my, all of my interviews that I conduct on my own. And then a lot of the ones I do in other places. And if you're interested in the snake venom stuff on my homepage are the three chapters of me with Mike Adams. And uh, the first chapter is uncovering COVID-19 is weaponized venom and how I know it from those research studies, like I showed you here. Mm -hmm. Then my concerns in chapter two is how it is I believe remdesivir and the company Gilead is connected to snake venom research and drugs from snake venom. And my concern that remdesivir, all of its published side effects are identical to cobra venom. And then my worries about that. And then all the evidence supporting that the vaccines for COVID-19 have venom in it. In fact, the Johnson and Johnson vaccine on the Google patent, it actually says to prepare this vaccine, which is an adenovirus vaccine. It says to prepare the coronavirus adeno vaccine, mix the venom. This is not a joke on the patent. It says mix the venom with distilled water. So wow. uh, everyone should be leery of what's inside those shots. Yeah. And, you know, you're showing us this information and you're telling us that this information's out there. That's what we're finding as we talk to the researchers and, and the doctors and the scientists that we're having on this show and even the media personalities. Cause like you, you showed us some of those articles too, that, you know, from CNN and such, they're hiding all of this in plain sight. The yes. information's out there. And as you mentioned with the, even with the childhood vaccines, that information has been out there, but they, they hide it, you know, they hide it in plain sight. So I guess that they can go back and say, hey, this information's been out there. We just, you know, disguised it for you and hit oh, can it. I share, can I share one more screen and be done? I know we could probably go for hours. Can I just show Absolutely, one more Absolutely, we could. We could. Okay, share one more. Yeah, I'm going to share one thing. And this should help summarize if people go, oh, my God, why did they publish that? Okay, I'll show you. Oh. These are some of my concerns, people. Everyone should know they're putting it in plain sight, people. Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you these here. This right here. Oh, I'll show you a couple because these are funny. Okay. California Healthline. They published this November 2020. Search for a snake bite drug might lead to a COVID-19 treatment too. No way. I wonder why. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now you know what. Studies. This is ABC News in Cincinnati. Study finds link between COVID-19 deaths and snake venom. No way. Look at this. Arizona. University of Arizona publishes their findings. They looked at 300 people that died with COVID. They published their article. They titled it like venom coursing through the body. Researchers identify the mechanism that's driving COVID-19 deaths. This is last summer, 2021. Look mm -hmm. at the subtitle. Researchers have identified that what may be the key molecule mechanism responsible for COVID-19 deaths, an enzyme related to neurotoxins found in rattlesnake venom. Rattlesnakes. Mm -hmm. Now look at this. Snake venom related enzyme may drive COVID mortality in Futurity magazine. Yeah, no kidding. But this one is the one I wanted to show, and we'll end with this. If COVID-19 has no relationship to venom, why did, British why did the British Medical Journal Global Health publish in 2021 that there are two health crises going on at the same time in the world, snake bites and COVID-19? Two crises, but they have just one research and development opportunity. Really, look at the summary box in the bottom. Despite inherent differences, Snake bite envenoming, which is venom in the body after a snake bite, and COVID-19 have much in common. 
in terms of research and development challenges and opportunities? Well, in the medical world, that means if we find a solution for COVID, it'll work for snake bites or vice versa. If we do research and develop drugs for snake bites, it'll work for COVID-19. Okay. It couldn't be more obvious with this one article. Snake bites and COVID-19 have a very similar cause. Two crises with the same solution. That is anti-venom therapy. Just so you know, I just wanted everybody to be aware. I didn't make this stuff up. Scientists around the world have been reporting on it, putting it in plain sight so you could see it. We're just now, very few of us, we're able to catch on to this and then make the world aware of the lie that was being perpetrated on the world. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with you because I found that it's one of my favorite things to show people like, did y'all know this? Yeah. British Medical Journal knew it, that snake bites and COVID were crazily similar and they could use the same research and development opportunities in medicine. That means coming up with a drug therapy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no kidding. And it will cure both snake bites and COVID. You want to know why? They both have venom. It's the only thing <laughs> they have in common. <laughs> That is, yeah, I didn't know that snake bites were a crisis among us now. Oh, also, in the that's a great point. Did you even think about this? They published that in the summer of last year, and they said this is two global crises occurring at the same time. I thought we were on lockdown. How yeah. many people have been bit in their homes on lockdown for the last two years of this pandemic? It's so absurd. They actually reported in that article that Texas, the state I live in, uh -huh. had a 40% increase in snake bite reported since the pandemic started. Really? I haven't met a single soul in Texas who knows a person who got bit by a snake in the last two and a half years, but they report a 40% increase in snake bites. Yeah, right. It's not, that's not true. It's a flat out lie. They're just trying to cover it up. Wow. This has been so interesting and I can't wait for our debunking the the lies we've been told our whole life from the medical community episode. Can't wait. Yeah, can't wait for that and can't wait for for more that you you're bringing forth with your documentaries that you have coming out as well. Um so thank you so much for becoming a friend of ours here at We the Patriots USA and and helping us with all that we do here. Make sure to to follow Dr. Brian Artis. If you enjoy our content, prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation at wethepatriotsusa.org so we can continue to power the education arm of our mission that also extends to work to preserve and reclaim our God-given inalienable rights. God bless and thank you from everyone here on Faithful Freedom with Taryn Gregson, presented by We the Patriots USA.